This is the Top Entrepreneurs Podcast, where founders share how they started their companies and got filthy rich or crash and burn. Each episode features revenue numbers, customer counts, and other insider information that creates business news headlines. We went from a couple of hundred thousand dollars to 2.7 million. I had no money when I started the company. It was $160 million, which is the size of many IPOs. We're bootstrapped. We have like 22,000 customers. With over 5 million downloads in a very short amount of time, major outlets like Inc. are calling us the fastest growing business show on iTunes. I'm your host, Nathan Latka, and here's today's episode. Hello, everyone. My guest today is Nancy Hua. She's the CEO of Optimize, and they're probably installed on your phone right now because they work with over ten. They work with ten apps in every category in over a hundred plus countries. Those are the top ten apps. Prior to co-founding the company, she led the fixed income quantitative strategies team at Getco after studying math and CS at MIT. Nancy, are you ready to take us to the top? <laughs> yeah, definitely. All right, tell us about the company. What do you do, and how do you make money? Okay, so. What Optimize is all about is we work with mobile teams, um, anyone with an app, and we let them do A-B testing and feature flagging for their products. So they can make different versions of their apps and send them to different users to measure what's going to do better. And um, let's see, our monetization strategy is pretty straightforward in terms of being a SaaS company. So we charge based on like two axes of um, monthly active users and the features and service that you get with our products. So... It's a yearly contract and it's like pretty straightforward in terms of building out our enterprise sales team, which has been the main focus for at least the last few years. <laughs> I want to talk more about that. We know you're at 40 people or 47, I think you said today. We'll talk yeah. more about the growth there. Um, give me a sense of average size. So like, what would you say the average customer pays you per year? Um, it's Our ACV has gone up to a little more than 35K now um, per year. And but our biggest customers are paying more than 300K per year. And... Um, we have customers that pay us like sub 1K per year too, but a lot of those are on the website. And what axis is a, is a higher leverage point for you for driving additional kind of expansion revenue, uh, number of monthly visits or them adding yeah. additional feature sets? Um, both of them. Because What's a lot more of, leverage a lot though? Of, uh, definitely the monthly active users. Our okay. biggest monthly active users are like, like we're in um, some of the top apps in the world, like Viber. That's one of the top 10 apps in the world. And they have more than, I mean, I don't know how public it is. Like, you know, they have, you know, hundreds of millions of monthly active users. So that's huge. And to support that kind of scale, we've had to do a lot of things in our infrastructure, but at the same time that like massively can grow as well. Other but on the like services side, there's not that much more that that can grow. Yeah. Sorry to interrupt you. No, it's okay. <laughs> Other companies though that are tied to um, some variable like that, when customers originally sign up, they're always nervous because they don't want their, fi- they want the cost to be fixed, not to scale with their growth. Did you have that objection when you're signing up customers? And if so, how do you overcome that objection, especially via your enterprise sales team? Yeah, we definitely don't just scale linearly. So the more they, um, the more they add on monthly active users, the the like more economical to get per monthly active user. And then I think for a lot of the big ones, like um, if you're, if you're at Viber's scale, like it is hard for them to buy a lot of products. So they will find pricing for a lot of companies prohibitive. So it has to make sense in terms of how you architected your product so that you're not like each additional monthly active user is that much more expensive. So you can still like do a lot of the processing. Yep. I want to get more of the backstory here and the growth, but let's start from where you are today. How many customers have you scaled to? A few hundred. A couple hundred. Um, yeah, we're 
it feels like it's a grind. <laughs> when, as we talked <laughs> with Jason Lemkin, you know, like he's always like, oh, it's always getting harder. And like the Cal- Calvary is coming. I've like talked with the team about the, that blog post a lot where he talks about how eventually it'll feel like there's this, when you're at like 10 million ARR or whatever, like then there's this end in sight or something like that. And what do you got now <laughs> can, in terms of scale? Um, you mean in terms of ARR? Or yeah. Like, like are that? you close? Are you close to 10? We're getting there, but okay. it's still like, I don't feel like it's that much easier. I think like <laughs> it's, I think a lot of it, um, is that the market has evolved too, because with, um, when we first started, very few people had apps that they were that strategic about. Um, and very few people were doing any kind of AB testing. Um, I think that it was something that everyone aspired to, but not something that people viewed as really normal. And now it's like really normal. So the, the landscape has totally changed. Now we're selling into companies like, I mean, our customers are now Starbucks and like the Wall Street Journal and stuff, whereas our early customers were mobile first companies like Hotel Tonight and Strava. So that's a pretty different sale and profile. So I think that caused us like to have a lot of learning and just, it's not like it becomes, it's not like the same sale as the earlier sales, you know, like we had to evolve a ton. What currently are you growing at year over year? Well, we're always targeting a 2x year over year growth rate. Okay. That would be great. Like, What'd you hit in 2017? uh, I don't know if I can say. Like, um, (laughs) was it lower than that? Well, our year ends um, tomorrow, Ah. actually, because our fiscal year is um, it ends at the end of January. So everything depends on like these two deals that are literally getting approved right now. So nerve wracking. Then that'll be great. That'll be great for our growth rate. Um, But if they slip a little bit, I mean, obviously, it's not that big of like I'm not going to discount or anything to get it in a week early, but. it is, it does always just come down to the wire somehow where it's like the last day of the quarter and the last day of the year. So Nancy, <laughs> so, is it fair to say yeah. if these two deals close, you'll be <laughs> at your two X target. If they don't, you'll be a little below. Is that fair to say? We'll be a lot below. A lot like, below. Okay. You know, yeah. That's like that. That's how big these deals wow. are. Wow. Right so like if you close these two deals, I mean, is it, do you have any customers that make up more than 10% of your revenue? No, we're still pretty balanced in terms of like, um, still having a bunch of, a bunch of like, diversity in the customer set. But I think that's our goal though. Like for the next year, we do want to close a million dollar deal and stuff like that. And that'll, (laughs) that's pretty aspirational for us right now because it's like, um, it's already in the pipeline basically. Right. right? So we know we'll have to close one of these deals for for that amount of money. I mean, that's great. I love it. And and is it fair to say, I mean, you said a hundred, you said hundreds of customers, if I just take a minimum of a hundred and then take your ACV that you mentioned earlier of 35, I mean, you guys are North of 300 grand a month right now on revenue. Oh, yeah, definitely. Yeah. Have you broken 500? Um, no, we're very close to like, we're, we're right around there right now. And then okay. it'll be like, it really depends on the. <laughs> thank, thank, yeah. Thanks. Thanks for sharing that. I know a lot of people, <laughs> sometimes they do, sometimes they don't, but it helps my audience better gauge kind of where you're at. So good. So about 500, uh, about 500 right now, a couple hundred customers, some big deals in the pipeline, scaling the enterprise sales team. You've dealt with this the past 12 months. Give us where you are today in terms of your total team size. How many are they as salespeople and what's been the challenge in getting them up to speed? Um, there's five salespeople. Um, there's, oh wait, actually now there's six salespeople. There's also six SDRs. Um, and then the rest of the team is like, you know, the rest of my company is customer success and marketing and engineering. Total team products. size is what? Um, it's 40 something. Okay. I keep like, it fluctuates a little bit. <laughs> um, I think like, uh, with the sales ish. team and everything, the sales team is really new. I think that's a, a lot of it. Um, we have two people who are pretty experienced in sales, but a lot of it is, um, people who are moving into sales from other areas that they were in and learning to do sales for the first time at Optimize. So I think um, 
you know, they're like super smart and hardworking, but we need a lot of training in terms of the basics of sales. So like objection handling, things like that. (laughs) Yeah. And just like pushing and what the arc of the deal is like. And I think we've had, we had a lot of success with generating enterprise pipeline, um, earlier this year. I think it was just a market shift where there were a lot more, like I described, there's a lot more interest from um, established companies that are not mobile first in making sure that their digital strategy is really solid. So a lot of them just came to us and and a lot of our content um, just started generating a lot of pipeline around there. So then we had to give enterprise deals to a lot of salespeople who had never done any sales before, you know, and that's like, a lot of work. <laughs> and then they're kind of just thrown in there. So I think a lot of it was this. Does that make you nervous? Um, a little bit in some ways. I think it's more, I, I want to make sure that um, the sales pr- people um, feel like uh, motivated to do it and don't feel like they're just in over their head, you know, because I think that's the whole sales team like just runs on morale. I guess the whole company does to some extent, but the sales team has to feel like they're going to kill it, you know? Yeah. And, um, if they don't know what they're doing at all, or they just feel like it's very confusing and they're not in control of the deal, then I think that's hard. Do you have them all on quotas? Oh yeah, of course. About how many months does it take a new salesperson or ramp up to the point where they're pretty consistently hitting quota? Um, they get ramped. They're off their, they're on their ramp quota for the first quarter. And then after that, they're on a full quota. Um, and I think like, so three months, you basically have three months ramp. Yeah. They start with the smaller Nancy, you're aggressive. (laughs) Well, with the mid-market deals, I think you can see like really early, um, that like, you know, just how qualitatively too how the conversations are going. So you can see like if they're picking it up and if they know, um, if they can talk to our market and have a lot of empathy for the user base, which is product people. Yep. And generally what do you set full quota at? Um, I think right now, most of them are on around 800 K per year quota. Okay. And, um, you know, it's like 50, 50 base and bonus. Yep. And, and I think you mentioned earlier with a $35,000 ACV, I mean, that kind of, you can kind of divide that into 800 grand. They're having to close what 20 deals a, a month to hit that or a quarter. Um, it's not, twenty. 20 yeah, that's okay. 20, <laughs> 20, 20 deals times $35,000 ACV gives you around the 800 mark. I'm just curious if that's over a month, they have to close that over a quarter, over a half a year. Oh no, that's over a year. Oh, that's over a full. Okay. They have a whole year to hit that quota. Yeah. Oh, got it. Okay. Got it. That's, that's, that's interesting. Okay, good. Um, so that's scaling and, and give us a sense of what date, when day one was, when'd you launch? Um, we officially launched in January, 2014. We launched on TechCrunch and I don't know, like, yeah, the, the different news outlets, most of our leads have always been inbound. So is TechCrunch overhyped? Um, how much hype is it now? I'm not sure. I feel like I've been more out of the loop on what is really cool. A lot of founders <laughs> that like don't know better. They go, oh my gosh, if I just get on TechCrunch. Everything's going to change. But then people that who have done it, they go, oh my, it was so overhyped. We see a spike and we got like no new customers. I think it depends on what your target audience is. For us, um, for mobile first companies, they definitely look at it, which are our early customers. But for when we're selling into like, you know, the Starbucks of the world, they don't really read TechCrunch that much. Yep. Unit economic stuff. What's your churn look like today? Oh, we improved a lot there, actually. Like for a little while, we had um, just, I think we just did stuff in the order of the funnel that it was coming in. So like we first optimized onboarding, right? And then we optimized like some other stuff. And then like later on, we're optimizing the customer success stuff. And we hadn't even tracked like usage very properly (laughs) or like looked at any of this stuff, which is the main leading indicator of churn. So now, um, usage is one of the key company metrics, like one of the top three metrics the whole company looks at, and we all are trying to improve. And so our churn is sub 10% in terms of like not counting growth. And then our goal is Is that logo churn, Nancy, or revenue churn? Um, no, it's revenue churn. And is that annually or monthly? Um, that's over a quarter. Okay. Over a quarter. So you're churning about 40% of your revenue annually. 
Oh, I don't think it's that high. Okay. Man, I feel like you know the SAS math way better than me. Uh, no, um, I'm just curious what you're looking at. Uh, no, I think it must be annually then because yeah. it's not that high. It's like when we, yeah, I think we just report it like quarterly because everything like comes in at the end of the quarter. So we see what the churn numbers are. 10% um, annually revenue churn seem, I mean, yeah. that's about average for this kind of space. Yeah, I think it was, it was like worse than that um, last year. Why? I think it was like 20% a little more than 20% even I'm remembering. Um, it was because, uh, we weren't like doing anything. We weren't tracking it that hard. Um, it was like every company that churned would be a total surprise, you know, because we would talk with them periodically, but we weren't really looking to see if they were using the product. You're like, well, and they hadn't we, logged in in three months. No wonder yeah, why they churned. Exactly. And we, we would discover that like some of them had never properly installed it or different things like that. And that was just bad. That was bad on us. Yeah. And so we started tracking usage and different adoption metrics. And that gave us way more leading indicators because turn is the ultimate lagging indicator where you're like, you feel safe just ignoring it for a long time because it doesn't come up until finally, like and for a lot of the, yeah, a lot of the bigger customers, like they are just always seem really happy, you know, or like they're just, they, they say they move really slow. So they're just making excuses for why they haven't like done anything for a while. So you feel kind of safe, but now we're like, no, we don't trust any of that stuff anymore. Like, yeah, we just have like start using it now. Yeah. 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 That was revenue churn. <laughs> What's logo churn at annually? Do you know, is it about the same? Um, I'm not sure what it is. I don't think we track logo churn because we okay. have, um, all these self-serve customers too, that aren't uh, on annual contracts. And so that churn is just something that we haven't paid attention to. Yeah. I think we started moving towards more gap metrics. So the way we're like, we're focused more on like just stuff that is really standard, whereas churn is not, you know, a gap metric. Self-serve stuff makes up what percent of your annual revenue would you say? Less than what? Um, it's around 15% right now. Oh, so it's really low. Um, yeah, but it's still like, I pay attention to those customers a lot though, because they're kind of the most, they get the most pure product experience because we never talk to them and they don't talk to a salesperson. So they're just like what you would, what you no, would do The perfect no touch sale. Yeah. Yeah. It's just like, can they figure out how to use our product without us doing anything? Yep. And in some cases, no. So then we're like, okay, what happened to you? And like, what did you end up doing? What do you like to optimize your payback period for on your $35,000 ACB cohort? Whoa. I don't know. <laughs> how fast do you want your money back? <laughs> I think it's like, um, we're just looking to make sure that, uh, that equation, the like LTV is greater than three times CAC or whatever is true. Yep. So I'm not what sure. What is CAC? Do you this. know what you spend to acquire a customer? It's pretty estimated. Yeah. Like right now, um, uh, it's like a few thousand dollars or something. Really? It's less right than now. five grand. Yeah. That's amazing. Um, I think that's amazing. I mean, I that's think, super low. If someone's paying you 35 grand a year, you're getting your money back very quickly. Yeah. I think that was because for a long time we, we do very little AdWords or anything and we weren't doing a ton on, on the marketing side. And very recently we like started with our SDR team. So now we'll have to see what it is now. Yeah. Um, but a lot of our leads for a long time were just like inbound from yeah. the blog, which yeah, you get a ton of leverage from. 30, 35 grand a year comes out to about, I think three grand a month. So if you're paying five, six grand in CAC, I mean, that's a two month payback. And that's assuming people are paying this annual contract monthly. I assume probably some of them are all annual upfront, right? Yeah. We started yeah. moving to like, we changed the way we're um, commissioning or, you know, kind of paying the salespeople. So they're more incentivized to pay, to get paid upfront now. And that's made a big difference in our cash flow. Here's a dangerous question. What do you assume lifetime value is on these customers? Um, based on what we were measuring it, like we haven't had an, enough churn that it looked like it was lower than, you know, like nine years or something. I don't even, yeah. Like it was on average. So it was really weird. So we just assumed three because that's what 
is standard and we want to be conservative in our operating model. So 35 grand times three years is the conservative approach, so about a hundred grand. Yeah. That's conservative though, since you said you're working deals now and you hope to close a million dollar deal soon. Yeah. I hope that, I mean, our product is pretty sticky when it's, once it's adopted because when they start integrating us into their product, they'll use us to make all of the changes in their app. So any new feature will go through Optimize and everything that they're doing becomes targeted and measured. And that becomes pretty hard to pull out after a while. So if they're actually using us for the vision of the product to make sure that they're accelerating what they're learning about their user base, then hopefully we're with them forever and we can you know, become this tool that helps them learn everything that they want to know about their users. Yep. In the acquisition, kind of, you're probably testing many different acquisition channels. Are you testing conferences at all, conference sponsorships? We started doing that a little bit. Is it working? Um, it's hard to tell. It's hard to tell. I think our um, meeting to like demo conversion rate is really confusing. So I need to look at that again because we were looking at it. And I think that um, we're starting to probably decide to measure conferences just based on acceleration of a deal instead of new deals because it was getting too weird. Like, Interesting. Like a lot of <laughs> yeah. your customers are already here. You can meet there, knock out 20 meetings. Or the prospects close. at least. I feel yeah. like when we are at conferences, I don't know if it's just the way we're doing it, but somehow it's already people who are already in our pipeline that we're meeting with. Saying, um, last two questions here before we wrap up with the famous five growth rate. What are you growing at? You, you said it's two at, you, you're doing two X about year over year and you said you're about 500 yeah. grand today. So where are you at about what? Two, 200 ish, 12 months ago. Yeah, it was, yeah, I think, well, it was a little above that. Okay. Like right now I would like, a lot depends on these two deals that are about to come in. <laughs> it's just a weird. Well, no, just, we just go back 12. Time. So data you already have. So go back 12 months. You, it was somewhere around 210, 220, something like that. Mm. I think so. Okay. This feels like so long ago. I know it Honestly. is. It's crazy, isn't it? <laughs> you should ask me ruin my finance guy. Nah. Doing this with you. <laughs> That's so funny. <laughs> well, listen, uh, we've got, we've got a bunch of data here. Um, I, I'm going to love you so much if you say you're bootstrapped, but I have a say, I have an, I have an idea that you're going to about to say that you're not. How much have you raised? We raised a little more than 20 million. Nancy. Oh, pit daggers in my heart. No, I'm just kidding. Okay. <laughs> so you've raised 20 million bucks. Obviously you kind of have to do that, especially if you're in San Francisco with rents and the growth strategy you guys are pursuing, but the growth is there and, uh, you're finalizing the sales team. So that all sounds good. <laughs> when was last, when was last round? Um, our B was in 2016. Okay. Are you raising right now? No, we, I, when I raised the B, I was very like, I'm never going to do this again. Uh, you hated it. <laughs> it was, yeah. I mean, it was not a good time to raise too. I think it was, I mean, it, we got like, it was, the round was really good to us, but what do you mean by I that? Gained, um, like we raised it more than we meant to, and it was oversubscribed and everything. At a higher valuation or just more money? Um, both, both. Like, because when in 2016, it was the, the SaaS apocalypse thing was happening where um, people were saying the various startups were being overvalued. I remember Zenefits was getting like hammered Kill. down. Like they had a weird drama, like, um, LinkedIn and Salesforce, even in the public markets, were getting hammered. Like lots of things were happening so that the SaaS markets weren't that good. And then like a lot of VCs weren't even really out there looking. Yeah. So I got a lot of advice that we shouldn't be raising then, but we like still ended up. How getting, much did you end up raising? Um, in the last round, it was almost 15 million. Okay. And, and was it, were you at like, were you um, pre money, uh, were you more or less than $25 million valuation? You're more. You are more. Okay. That's great. So, I mean, you were doing back then about two and a half million in ARR. So well over a 10 X multiple pre-money. Oh yeah, definitely. That's great. That's really that, great. I think that these multiples are just like really random because <laughs> they're just kind of like in SAS, I've seen anything from like 
of like a 5X to like a 40X, yep. you know? So just like- Yeah, me too. And I, I don't know, I'm a good answer why they vary so much outside of just the charisma of the founder. And and sometimes it, there's some rationality in the numbers. I mean, why do you think you commanded a great valuation, which enabled you to raise that capital and only give up, you know, less of the company than you would have? What would you credit it to? I mean, it's just about negotiating and having other alternatives and stuff. So it's like how much, they can tell how much you need the money. And then they can also tell like, you know, if you have other term sheets and stuff, and then it all just kind of sets the price. Yep. So it's just a negotiation. Yeah. Are you cash flow positive today? Or are you still spending that money investing? We're targeting that pretty soon. So that's what, when I raised the last round, I was very like, we're going to target going cash flow positive with this, that we don't have to raise again and control our destiny and not put me through this experience again. <laughs> and, um, so you think Q3 yeah. this year? Um, no, the target, it sounds like it's going to take like, to the beginning of next year, then we'll be pretty cash flow positive. But it, the the model also still assumes that we're only collecting quarterly. Um, if we do succeed in getting everything over to upfront annual, then that'll make a huge difference. And yep. so, yeah, hopefully. Good stuff, Nancy. Let's wrap up here with the famous five. Number one, what's your favorite business book? Oh my God. Um, <laughs> I feel like everyone says the hard thing about hard things. <laughs> um, and I did just reread that again. I think like every once in a while you need to, you know, just read something that you find really inspiring. Um, that's I a good like, one. Yeah. <laughs> That's a good one. Number two, uh, who's your favorite CEO in San Francisco to go get dinner with? Whoa, I have so many CEO friends I really like. <laughs> Pick a baby. Um, well, the last friend that I uh, had dinner with was um, Brad from Talkable. He's, I think you would love him a lot. You should have him in your show. Because Why? they're basically bootstrapped. And yeah. um, they make a lot of money. And uh, I mean, I think they're just really good at the fundamentals and killing it in their space. Yep. Your last round, did you take any money off the table yourself or was it all going to operations? No, it all goes to operations. I yeah. mean, I'm already, you know, fine from yeah. like my previous career and everything. I just want to make sure that our company's doing really well. That's great. Number three, what's your favorite online tool to build your business besides your own? Oh, I, I uh, we use so many tools. I mean, I use Sales Loft a lot in just like outbounding to everybody. I still like do a lot of SDR work because, you know, <laughs> I find it's fun. <laughs> yeah. Number four, how many hours of sleep do you get every night? Um, seven. Okay. And what's your situation? Married, single, you have kiddos? Oh no, I have a, I have a boyfriend. Okay. So not married, no kids? <laughs> no kids. I froze my eggs last year. Oh wow. So. Amazing. <laughs> so I'm delaying. Which company did you use to do that? Um, I just went to UCSF. Interesting. Interesting. And Nancy, do you mind me asking how old you are? I'm 32. 32. I always okay. have to think about that. I like forget how old I am. <laughs> last, last question. Take us back 12 years. What do you wish your 20-year-old self knew? Whoa. The MIT quant. What do you wish she knew? Hmm, I didn't know anything then. <laughs> <laughs> I think, um, hmm. I didn't think I was ever going to be an entrepreneur. It was really surprising that I started my own company. So I think it's that, uh, you know, that I had good instincts about the type of people I wanted to be surrounded by. I think that's like the first factor and what led me to this, where I felt inspired by the people that I was meeting who had done their own companies and stuff like that. And you must have so much fun every day. Just like talking with entrepreneurs. I love, I sold my last ass company, Nancy, and I just do this all the time. I love, can you tell that I love it? 
<laughs> yeah, you're good at it. <laughs> <laughs> All right, guys, there you have it from Nancy. Again, surround yourself with mentors early on. She wishes maybe she would have started that company earlier <laughs> on. Clearly, she's having a lot of fun and optimized. Again, helping folks understand and do A-B testing at scale uh, to the tune of you know hundreds of millions of monthly visits into the apps. They're all the way down to a self-serve model that makes about 15% of their revenue. They launched the company in 2014. They raised about 20 million folks, uh, sorry, 20 million bucks, serving hundreds of customers that pay on average 35,000 bucks a year in terms of ACV. They're doing around 500 grand right now in revenue, up about from 220 grand just uh, 12-ish months ago. So healthy growth, less than 10% revenue churn per month with their team of 45 people based out there in San Francisco as they double down on scaling their sales team. Nancy, thank you for taking us to the top. (laughs) Thanks, Nathan.